0: Welcome to the Aviva podcast and this being the third edition of a mini series of well-being specials. Today I am lucky to be joined by Dr. Rob Rosa who is a chief medical officer at Aviva. Dr. Rob and I spent some time to talk about loneliness at Christmas and some of the things we can do to support. So thanks again Rob and um, if if you don't mind just by sharing a little bit around your thoughts on on loneliness and and what support is out there?
1: Probably a really good start if I just briefly explain what loneliness is, because of course it can have some fundamentally different connotations, depending on which way you look at it. There's a big difference, for instance, from being alone from feeling lonely. Being alone is that physical state where you are physically by yourself, whereas being lonely, that's an emotional state. That's where you're feeling alone or disconnected from others. And you can feel lonely even when you have someone sitting right next to you if you just don't feel that immediate connection in some way at a level that you desire or that you feel comfortable with. And I do think that sometimes we think of lonely in that pure physical sense. And that's a shame because it misses out on many people who at face value look connected but are struggling and suffering with the same feelings that are associated with loneliness. It is, of course, also the way that actually some people are happy just to be by themselves. And for many who lead that outwardly lonesome life, they may not actually wish for the company of others. And that's why I think it's incumbent on all of us just to devote a little bit of time just to think about what being lonely actually means. Ultimately, then, irrespective of your circumstance, if you're feeling lonely and you wish you're in a different situation, then that's a problem that needs addressing. And that, of course, is something that we can all help with. And you've invited me on this podcast so that we can we can talk about things. The problem with feeling lonely, though, is it's the mental health effects behind it that it can generate. And you only have to imagine just for a second what it must feel like, what those typically held thoughts must, must have and what that internal dialogue that we all have, what that would actually include. And it's those horrible feelings around not being important to anyone, that nobody needs you, that you don't really exist. And those seem really dire, but it's true. Over time, these type of thoughts associated with loneliness, they can dramatically fester. And we all put in those protective mechanisms. We do this instinctively. It's human nature. And if you start to think all the time you're not important, nobody really needs you, and that you don't really exist or need to exist, then your thinking changes to actually feeling safer, being alone, and that protective mechanism that you can't get rejected. Now, this rejection protection kind of mechanism, of course, prevents progress, because it hampers new social connections from potentially forming further down the line. And meaningful relationships require both parties to join in. So if you're prolonging the loneliness, then you start to throw up these barriers, then that's a problem that can never fully resolve. And it's also the case that actually many of us slip into loneliness over a long period of time, whereas most of us are confronted with a topic, may instinctively suggest, joining. in, give me some tasks, why not go over here, why not go over there, join this group. But the fact is that some people may find those ideas useful, but we also must remember that different things work at different timescales for different people. And if you're on the receiving end of this type of advice, if you happen to disclose that you are lonely, you've got to feel comfortable with the suggestions and you mustn't put too much pressure on yourself. Put simply, if something isn't working for you, or it just doesn't feel possible, then you've got to try something else. Or you just come back to it another time. And that's why taking that slow approach is an absolute must. And when it comes to professional responses towards loneliness, GPs and and healthcare practitioners often talk about coming back from loneliness as a little bit like a diver coming up from the depths. We like it to be slow and steady. So what may seem like a really good suggestion to fully immerse someone in a whole raft of activities, that may actually be counterproductive. It may actually overwhelm the person. With attention that they've just not processed or actually been party to for quite some time. So, again, it's incumbent on all of us who aren't feeling lonely just to be aware of the type of advice that we all give be that professional or be that layperson because it can be utterly terrifying to suddenly go from that paralyzed feeling of not really having connection at a level that you feel comfortable with to actually the terrifying thoughts about being immersed in a situation of meeting new people or of opening up to people for the first time. So what we can do about this is starting somewhere and simplest place is the whole raft of charities out there that offer things like befriending services. And these are volunteer run, quick Google search of your local area can put you in touch with with a whole list of different charity-based organisations which can support. And you know, your general practitioner is there uh, with that list. Should you should you struggle to actually access it? We're also in the twenty first century. Social media has got its pitfalls. Absolutely, I think most people will agree that there is a sanitised version, uh, a very polished, edited version of most people. Uh, few actually put up unedited photographs of themselves. That's the absolute classic discussion point. So, in as much as social media can be quite a lonely place, it also offers terrific benefits, and the benefits are around uploaded videos of other people's experience, that shared camaraderie of watching people who are describing how they feel. You literally just have to type in the word lonely into a search engine and just to see how many hits it generates. So listening to others' experiences can be really profound, Jonathan.
0: That's kind of take me down a different still what you just said there is very interesting and um, if If you've got someone out there, and I guess before I had kids and a family I, I could probably put myself in this bracket a little bit where I could be very comfortable in my own space if we've got people out there who who may be the same. Would you say it's important to gently encourage, as you're saying, to, to get involved in some group events or you know, getting themselves into a social environment so they don't get to a point where they've been lonely for a long period of time where, as you say, could have an impact on their mental health?
1: It's the optics on the situation, isn't it? You know, the longer something goes unchecked, the more pervasive it, it becomes and the more damaging the consequences of that. And you said there, you know, you live a busy home life. You've got a busy working life. There is a lot going on. Actually, those brief pauses of a few days, you're fortunate in that situation. You look at that from an optical perspective as kind of like respite. It's an opportunity to recharge, you know. How often do we share this? You need some time out. You need to rest, down tools, recharge your batteries, go away for a bit on yourself and just kind of recheck. That's the opposite angle for someone who is lonely, who actually is coming from the opposite ends where they haven't got that busy life to return to. And that's why this sort of respite type, few days out, a little bit of downtime, it's really good in that situation, but it's really, really bad in the opposite situation. And if those days turn into weeks, it turns into months, and then beyond that, extending out and out and out, then actually, We've got a further journey to bring right the way back. So those gentle touch points, the more gentle touch points you have, even if it's every few days a kind word, a suggestion to do something, uh, a company arranging a more frequent event, something where you've got little touch points actually offsets that. It, It kind of stops the rot of getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And so actually where the end point with that is, is usually clinical depression and that's
0: really sad. Would you say that we can all have a part to play whether it's in the workplace or um outside of work with family and friends just to just to make that effort to check in with someone even if it's just a quick how are you on, on WhatsApp or text or just maybe arranging to go for that that coffee with someone, you know, on a week evening, week, weekend, whenever, you know, just make an effort to check in with somebody.
1: Yeah, we lose sight how magically powerful those little tiny touch points are. And, and if only we would just pause just to think about the benevolence of our actions about what to you and I may be the most tiniest little almost insignificant contactor, how are you? Are you okay? Type thing. I mean, it's, it literally, it costs us nothing at all. And the key, of course, is understanding. We have to be in tune to this. We have to be switched on. Now, I think the word awareness is overused. I think it's just sort of drummed out. But in this particular situation, this is a two-way thing. If we're not aware of the consequences of somebody else's loneliness then we are going to miss out on an opportunity to intervene. And I think as benevolent human beings, we would want to intervene in that situation. So this is about... Getting to understand your colleagues around you, your friends, your family, what makes them ticks as much as possible. Obviously, within the grounds of appropriateness and not being uh, intrusive, that's not what we're after here. But through soft communication skills, through just simple dialogue, questions around holidays, we, we do all of this stuff. We come into the office, we sit down, how are you, how have you been, where have you been on holiday, what's going on in your life? Little soft little things, remembering those pieces and picking up on them a few days, a few weeks later on, that's invaluable. That really is the gold dust. And I do accept that we lead such busy lives that it is difficult then just to step out of our comfort zone and spend a little bit of time thinking about someone else's, what we assume to be, very busy lives. But if we keep our eyes and our ears open to this, if we're amenable to actually thinking someone around me could actually be really lonely... Then that tiny little intervention of a, let's go and have a coffee or what's up, you know, those type of soft soft touches, as I say, they can be magical to receive. And and that is win-win. There is no downside to that at all. You feel great in yourself right. because you've just done, you know, you've seen a smile on someone's face. If they've not really had a, a a personal contact, not a work contact or something functional outside, but a genuine heartfelt how are you you know it just lifts you we know it at the brain level we can do brain scans and see endorphins rushing right in the frontal lobe but the brain is that that connection Uh yeah it's, i think that's i think that's pretty magical to do that
0: i was watching something over the weekend i was i was flicking through the channels and the comedian he was um he was talking on something and he'd mentioned that he was um supporting a a campaign and it was the say hello campaign and i was actually going to share the link below once it goes out and um he was saying it's a a campaign you just wear a badge and um and it just says say hello it's hashtag say hello and um and it's just for people when they're out and about so i guess if you're in london and you're on the tube and um, you see someone's got this badge on Say Hello, you know that you could kind of acknowledge that person and just say hello, and you know you're not going to have that awkwardness of them just ignoring you and being like, what are you doing? And I just thought that was a really good idea, and I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone who may be lonely, and they may go weeks without any of that social interaction. They may just be popping out to the shop, but if they see someone with that on, if actually I can say hello to that person, they might be up for having a bit of a conversation i just thought that was a really nice idea i think i think that's
1: fab and i mean there's loads there's loads of little sort of plays on that around there's the one that immediately strikes to my head because i'm a bit of a runner there's a group that you you wear this running vest and i won't give the name out on the podcast but it's essentially it's the lonely something when you run if you just happen to run past someone that's also wearing the same vest that you recognize it's an instant connection and you're supposed to do a bit of a high five to each other or or, or okay all right so it's that simple same thing on one run you may run past a hundred people if you're down on the beach or something and not a single person will lift their head up We're just a bit light on the tube we're got a destination and we're going straight towards it but actually having something very visible a symbol if you wear this kind of stuff or you wear your badge you're inviting connections and as i said it comes back to the power of the acknowledgement and that's what is integrity i think that's a, a great
0: campaign yeah i thought that was a good idea and I, I like what you said about that connection as well um i remember i'm going back years now but i remember i was um out on a run and it was absolutely pouring it down with rain and i was just running the road and there was this lady and she was running the, the opposite um opposite way so we, we kind of ran past each other and we were both absolutely drenched um but we just spontaneously just smiled each other and we did the high five love it because we just love had that, that that mutual connection and we're both in the pouring rain soaked but we're in it together yeah. um yeah. so yeah that, that was um that was quite a nice feeling
1: and at that precise point that you did that, you'd have felt like this warm, sort of, fuzzy glow come over you. Yeah. And that's that's the same that someone who is lonely would have if they felt that there was a genuine attempt to connect. It's that powerful. You feel it. It's, it's physically know, it's like your hair stand on end on the back of your head and you feel for that brief moment. And this is what we say about these soft touch points. And we can skip over these thinking, ah, it's only a coffee. There's, is it really going to be worth it to do that? You know, Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. really, really is. And we shouldn't devalue what to you and I may actually feel like, well, it's just a coffee or a high or a text or whatever it may be. Almost we we can trivialize it. What we actually need to reframe with this is actually to elevate what we could perceive to be the trivial, Uh, because that's actually where that little magic lies. And your intervention with that runner probably lost you the best part of, what, three seconds? As you see them coming towards you, you both reach out, you high five, they're gone. It yeah. literally is one, two, three. It's just a fraction of a moment. But it probably lasts you to the end of the run and you're probably still smiling at telling your friends later on that evening.
0: Well, yeah, there's the fact that, you know, that's still in here. In the back of my mind, to be able to tell you that story now and that must have been seven years ago. We
1: also, you know, we can safeguard ourselves from loneliness by accessing our sort of our concrete memory, drawing back a really positive past experiences, little moments, You've got that one. There'll be hundreds of other little ones that you've got that ability just to draw down, you know, when you're not feeling yourself and you get an instant smile out of it. If you're lonely and it's going on and on and on and on and on, these memories become even more distant and you're not refreshing them. So you need to protect ourselves by doing these little things, these little tasks. And you get the same hit by refreshing it, by doing something. So your action of a generous gift, the gift of your time or your emotion, you can gift anything. It doesn't have to be a financial gift. When you gift it to someone and you then place that back into your concrete memory, you also benefit further down the line because you, you can see the kind of the response that the other person gives you. That's why, you know, the gift of giving is just as powerful as it is to actually receive something that you you highly value.
0: No, it really is. And um <laughs> This certainly isn't for me to say, oh, look Look what I've done, because it isn't like that at all. It's more actually something my wife does um, at Christmas time, and it's just checking in with one of our old elderly neighbours. We now live in in Norwich, and we used to live 20 miles down the road. And um, we lived in like a terraced house, and we had an elderly neighbour who lived two, two doors down. He's on his own, but like every Christmas, we'll make a point, and again, this is definitely instigated by my wife so i'm not going to take credit for it but it certainly gives me that warm feeling you're talking about we'll go over there every christmas and um we'll just take him around a, a little present and a card because we know he doesn't have much interaction with other people so it's just a check-in and merry christmas how, how are you doing and we do the same for our, for our new um, elderly neighbor who lives near us now we'll just make that point of going over and checking in and um and to point out as well, you know, that will happen through the year as well, where we'll we'll do the check and we won't just save it until Christmas. But again, it's as you were talking about, whereas a how how are you, a hello on a text, just a quick knock on the door, you know, how are things, anything I can do, it can just go such a long way. And yes, it makes makes you feel good as a, as an individual, but How much is that doing for that person you are actually linking in with?
1: You know, I used the word magical at the start and I I didn't use that lightly. You have gone quite some time without any meaningful contact, any true meaningful contact. Don't dilute or devalue the impact of what you're actually doing there. Mm. And that knock on the door and the how are you is something that, that some people will hold on to, you know, all the way through the year. You know, an expectation of looking forward to when that day will come where, you know, you spontaneously just turn up and how lovely it is for people to have that just in the back of their mind. And um, we use these as reference points, as endpoints. You know, we console ourselves. We self-soothe. You know, I'm having a bad patch at the moment, but I know that someone is going to come and check in on me and at some point. I don't know when that is, but I know that's coming. But that's a very different mindset to have than this is futile. I'm worthless. I'm lonely, and there is no end in sight for me. So, you know, having that, and you are right—that was a, a very small, brief intervention that that you did. But, but you are absolutely correct by not underestimating just how effective that will be.
0: Is there any way we can gauge how that someone might be feeling lonely? Are there any obvious signals for that? It's
1: tough. And, and there is no one right answer to this because, of course, some people will mask and they will mask their emotions and their behaviours extremely effectively. And I think the starting point has to come from us as, as awareness, because I do recognise that there are people out there who feel all these feelings. But through a sense of pride, um, a sense of embarrassment in some situations, they may actually Mask so effectively that you get the opposite view of actually what the reality is. And they won't, that person won't let their their true emotions actually come out. And then that's a protective mechanism. And that's something that some people become extremely well schooled at. And that's where psychological interventions can be really effective in, in very slowly, very gently breaking these down. I think if someone does not want to be found out, then chances are there is not a lot that any of us can do other than really hanging on that person's every word and being alert to their behaviours and just looking for slightly different inconsistencies in it that may make you just question. Once you start questioning, and this is just about having a radar towards this, and that's where the the alertness, the, the awareness of the situation comes having that radar and then perhaps focusing on it a little bit more with that person just to check in and make sure things are fine. That's probably as much as you can do because what we're actually doing is we're responding to other people's circumstance and their behaviors because to go even further from that actually becomes quite intrusive. So ultimately we can just do our best and there were plenty of occasions in practice where I intuitively felt that someone was lonely and was probably really struggling and they would come in for what we call in general practice terms, ticket consultations. So these are consultations just to see us because we're probably the only contact they've had. It could be something really trivial, you know, a vrucar on a foot or, you know, a bruise on the back of the handle, just something really non-specific. And it's the fact they've gone to the trouble to make that effort to come in and see you for what actually is a really trivial problem that is in itself that i wonder why they've just come here am i missing something here and i guess you have to apply the same principles when you bump into people or see people in the office and it's only by building up a pattern and understanding of that person building a good effective working relationship and and listening you know genuinely listening not Listening and then coming back with a story that's better than the one that they've just said <laughs> fall into that trap, that arms race. You think the weather was bad yesterday from what you're saying? You wait till you hear my story. That is a shame because I think in those situations you may actually be missing out on clues. And you know, there's a difference between listening and hearing. Hearing is just having the apparatus of a pair of ears and a and a working uh, eardrum. Listening is that higher level, that focused attention, that watching the person, looking at their movements. That's what true listening is. And if you do all of that, then you have to trust that human nature means that you are much more likely to pick on someone actually being lonely than you are if you're glossing over it and you're going at 180 miles an hour as actually most of us do in life. And we
0: we miss this stuff. Would you be able to recommend any good support networks for people who who may be feeling lonely or isolated?
1: Yeah, I mean, essential tenant to this is usually volunteering because that's a key way of actually helping a lonely or just a socially isolated person. And as I said before, there isn't there's no downside to this, but it's it's about connection. So it's what situations can you can you suggest to someone that gives them a form of a connection. And that could be an in-person connection, like uh, going to a befriending service, literally a tea and a coffee and a slice of cake or whatever. But it could also be sort of arts and crafts type stuff. And also then there is the online resource so that people can, as I said, that diver analogy coming up from the, from the bottom, you know, slowly touching your, your toes in the water, so to speak, and bringing around to it. Um, so really, it's, it's, we tend to start with the online stuff unless someone is not really sort of IT savvy or just protects that in person. But, you know, there are church group based organizations there are non-faith based organizations um, that will be in your area right now. They can be accessed either from your general practitioner or if you want to get involved in this space and you're not lonely, but you want to support others then organizations, uh, you can access them yourself directly. You can either phone up social services from the county council telephone hotlines. Um, you could contact your own GP and ask if you want to be part and parcel or could be part of, of, of a practice group. So many GP services have things like carer groups where we, <laughs> we look after young carers whose parents are uh, disabled or who have, have physical issues. In the same way, we have befriending GP surgery groups where a number of local practices in the area will get together and they will offer this on a Friday morning in, in, in one of the local Halls um, or, or centers of worship, that kind of thing. So, yeah. so don't have to be any particular faith based. It's more about human beings getting getting together. Um, so, the charity based organisations are superb. Um, and after that, it's your it's your GP practice. Contact them.
0: That's amazing. Thank thank you so much, Doctor Rob. Um, I think that's a really good way to conclude um, today's podcast. Unless there was anything else you wanted to share at all
1: no i mean it's i'm just grateful that we're talking about this yeah particularly at christmas i think christmas is a really emotive time what i mean by the word emotive is is hopefully for most of us a really exciting time of the year yeah i don't think it should be lost on us that in as much as we're fortunate enough to be excited by christmas that sheer excitement for someone who's lonely and hasn't got the, the ability to tap into that that can make the gulf between the background mood of the nation, which is elevated at the moment, to where they are, just that much wider. Uh, And I've looked after far too many people who look at this time of the year actually as a really desolate time of the year, that they just want to get their heads down, they just want to get through it, they can't compete with the excitement of it, and so they go within themselves, it actually how sad that a really good time of the year which is about connection and family and being together for some people actually makes them feel even more lonely and so i think if any of you listening in want to get involved in that and want to do some brief intervention stuff or volunteering uh, you certainly will be greatly rewarded for it you'll feel tons better for doing it
0: yeah no absolutely i'm I'm certainly going to have a bit of a look into that myself and um also certainly going to just think a little bit more around some people I can just check in with, even if it's just a, a message on Teams at work or WhatsApp to a friend. Um, I think it's a really good thing to do. And again, if anyone listening um, does the same thing, I think if you just link in with one person, I think if we all just did that a little bit more, it could make a, a massive difference to someone's day, week, year, you know, beyond. Fully agree. Thank you very much. you're welcome thanks so much to Dr Rob Rosa I'm sure people listening will agree that he has given some great advice there for anyone affected by today's podcast please refer to the show notes via aviva.com